Happy Friday. Welcome back to the Helio Hormones podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle. This is our Friday Chats episode. And today I want to touch on a drug that you probably have heard of, or maybe you've been prescribed it or on it yourself if you have struggled with acne or if you have PCOS. And that is spironolactone, also known as Spiro. This is a drug that is really intended for treating hypertension. It's a blood pressure medication. It can also be used to treat edema, so essentially fluid buildup in the legs or heart failure as well. Now, when I think of medications that are most often prescribed by conventional doctors for PCOS, in that list is the birth control pill, duh, metformin, which I think is overly prescribed even if you don't have blood sugar imbalance, and spironolactone. So how does spironolactone actually make a difference with PCOS if it is a blood pressure medication? It helps to reduce androgen hormone production in the adrenal glands and ovaries, meaning it helps to lower the production of hormones like testosterone, which we primarily see be made in the ovaries, and it helps to lower DHEAS as well as other androgen hormones in the adrenal glands, aka our stress glands. We can test for these hormones on a blood test or a urine test. Typically, we'll look at a blood test for testosterone or DHEAS, and then I'll do the Dutch test, which is a comprehensive urine hormone panel to look at those other adrenal androgen hormones. Now, high androgen hormones are part of the criteria for being diagnosed with PCOS. So to be diagnosed, you have to have two of the following three things. The first is that you have irregular cycles, meaning you get your period more than every 35 days apart. Maybe you get your cycle every 45 days. Maybe you get it every six months. That would kind of meet criteria one. Now, the second criteria is that you have done an ultrasound to look at your ovaries and you see polycystic ovaries, or you see a string of pearls might be how your doctor describes it. Polycystic ovaries are not the same thing as an ovarian cyst. Very confusing. I have a a podcast episode on this, so go back and listen to it. But if you've been told that you have an ovarian cyst and are like, oh my gosh, I have PCOS and you start going down this PCOS, you know, rabbit hole, that may not even be what you need to be addressing. And the third is that you have high androgens. So high testosterone, high DHEAS. And we either see this on a lab test, like a blood test or a urine test, or you have symptoms of high androgens. So maybe you struggle with acne, hair loss, facial hair growth, then you would fit that criteria. And again, you only need two of those three things. You do not need all three things to fit the criteria for PCOS. So spironolactone helps to reduce the production of androgens. It also helps to block androgen receptors, making it difficult for hormones like testosterone to bind. And this is important because if testosterone receptors, for example, are being blocked on hair follicles, then hair loss that is caused by high testosterone will start to improve when on spironolactone, if if that is what's driving the hair loss. Now, like all medications, spironolactone has side effects, especially if you don't have higher blood pressure and then you're taking this blood pressure medication. Uh, We can see irregular heartbeat, muscle weakness, low blood pressure, breast tenderness, or even enlargement, nausea, vomiting, and even irregular cycles, which is kind of ironic because a lot of women PCOS will have irregular cycles and they'll get put on spironolactone and it can become even more irregular. 
Now, the problem is many women are prescribed spironolactone without ever having their androgen levels tested. I work with women all the time who have been told they have PCOS by multiple doctors for years and years and years and have never actually had their hormones tested, which is wild. Not all women with PCOS are going to have high androgen hormones. Again, you, you only needed two of those three criteria to be diagnosed with PCOS. So you could have the polycystic ovaries and you could have the irregular cycles, but your androgen hormones could actually be okay. So if you take spironolactone and you either haven't seen improvement in your symptoms, like the acne, hair loss, weight gain, your cycles, or maybe you even take it and you feel worse it's worth asking your doctor if that medication really is the best fit for you. You know, if you're taking a medication, you should see a noticeable positive difference when taking it. Some women take it and, and have great results. I am not necessarily anti-spironolactone by any means. However, I don't believe it's the right solution for every woman with PCOS. And I think like those other medications, like the pill and metformin, it's being very quickly prescribed. Oftentimes all three of these medications are prescribed at the same time altogether. And I think we just have to really think about, okay, who is the woman in front of me? How, what does her PCOS look like? Does her PCOS actually need spironolactone? And the end of the day, you know, there are natural ways to lower those androgen hormones as well. You don't necessarily need spironolactone to do it, although it can be quick and effective. So maybe if you want to take spironolactone short term while you work on some of the more, um, you know, the dietary changes, the lifestyle changes to help keep androgen hormones low, then great. You know, that's kind of my same approach for metformin. If you have crazy high insulin resistance, then yes, maybe taking metformin for a few months to get your symptoms under control can be helpful while working on a more long-term solution. So we're thinking of a long-term solution for those high androgen hormones. If we're wanting to either get off spironolactone or avoid taking it, we really need to determine which androgens are high. So number one, looking at either the blood test or urine test and looking at all the hormones because testosterone primarily comes from the ovaries. And we'll often see this be high with insulin resistance or inflammation, even thyroid dysfunction, but those other androgen hormones, including DHEAS primarily come from the adrenal glands. And these are often related to high stress, maybe skipping meals. So it's important to know what is actually out of balance before you go on spironolactone. So, you know, what should you be testing and monitoring to make sure things are improving, but also understand the why, why are your hormones out of balance? It's not just, you know, that's just how your body is. There is a reason for it. And once you know which hormones are high and why you can really start to improve the driving causes through dietary changes, the correct supplements and lifestyle changes. And then eventually you can either get yourself off spironolactone, or again, maybe this is your alternative option to having to take spironolactone. If you're somebody who's like, I know I'm really sensitive to pharmaceuticals. I typically don't respond well to meds. I don't want to have to take this. There are other options out there for you. So super, super common medication to be described for PCOS. Again, it's kind of like part of that triad with metformin and the birth control pill. I will say of the three medications, I think spironolactone is by far the lesser evil. Um, I think that metformin is far more prescribed. Um, and there's so much more empowerment that can happen when women really understand how to make daily decisions in terms of what they're eating and how they're moving their body to control their blood sugar versus being kind of stuck on this medication. 
And then of course the birth control pill has like so many issues, too many to start on this episode, but I have many other podcast episodes where I talk about the pill and why it's not really a solution for PCOS. And it's really just a band-aid and potentially, you know, really can make things worse over time. All right. That is today's episode for you. Spironolactone, short and sweet. As always, if you have any questions or topic requests, I am happy to cover them on the podcast. So shoot me a DM on Instagram at Dr. Danielle period ND. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. We are closing out the summer. Um, although I live in Atlanta, so I feel like summer for a lot of people kind of ends early August, but I'm from new England. So for me, summer will always be end of August, kind of labor day weekend. So I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your summer and I will see you on Tuesday.